When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. I'm standing at the end of a slightly chilly train platform in Macclesfield, uh, the home of Joy Division and Silk and uh, my grandma. Um, I'm waiting for a train back to London. Now, we are going to record a proper episode in the, the normal format that you're used to, dissecting the PSG game and looking ahead to Chelsea in the Cup. But before we do, we're releasing this little episode with clips from Old Trafford on Tuesday night and some of my own thoughts during, before, after the game uh, in various time frames. Um, it's now the morning after the night before. Um, with time to reflect on the game in bed and this morning over a cup rather than a pint uh, I don't think my, my views have changed a huge amount to be fair I've not yet seen the highlights I think the general consensus of at least of, of sensible people is that the circumstances were unfortunate and the injuries to Marshall and Lingard and the ref's eagerness to brandish his yellow cards that's possibly a, a small reason why we lost but ultimately we were beaten by a better team um, when this draw was made we all collectively shat ourselves and since then we've changed manager and we came into this game with some reserve confidence I didn't think we'd win the tie I thought as I said on the previous episode I thought we, we I was confident that we might win the home leg 2-1 it didn't happen United need to pick themselves up for the first time under Solskjaer and we'll see what the reaction is like um, Chelsea is less than a week away in the cup on Monday night at Stamford Bridge and that's a huge game against another team who also need a response as for PSG can we get anything in the second leg well I think we have to go there and win if we don't go through then fine but the aim has to be to win and once we get one goal maybe we can get another I'm not confident at all but that's uh, there's a mountain to climb and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said mountains are there to be climbed some of them uh, Verratti and Marquinhos were, were excellent for PSG in midfield I thought they kept Pogba quiet and I think the game highlighted our issues we we remain fragile in defence compared to the very top sides when Pogba is stifled by three men marking him as he was at Old Trafford or just when he plays poorly as he sometimes does uh, United cannot create or dictate games properly without Paul Pogba and finally when United's squad depth is, is tested it, it shows itself to be clinically underinvested I think we saw PhD growing every year in Europe because I mean they've had some bad games in the past where they've crumbled under the pressure but I mean maybe we'll put that idea to bed in Paris by coming back who knows they managed the game well and, and we didn't Solskjaer's changes didn't really work I didn't think I probably would have brought on Lukaku instead of one of Sanchez or Mata those two together 
make and did make United so narrow and they can both be completely ineffective so there's always a risk bringing both of them on there's more work to be done overall but the atmosphere around Old Trafford on Tuesday showed what Solskjaer has done for the club uh, the positivity Okay, just left my house in North London, walked past the Emirates, Jesse Lingard's dance floor, um, and the site for Manchester United's FA Cup win a few weeks ago, and now about to get on the, the London tube, the London Underground, to go to Euston and up to Manchester, see some family who live up there. And then off to the Tollgate pub before United PSG in the Champions League. It's uh, it's hard to remember the last time United fans were this excited for a European match at home. Because Juventus was, was fun, but group stages, Sevilla, we just expected to get through and was a disappointment. Olympiacos under David Moyes from Van Persie scored a hat-trick but I think Bayern Munich is probably the last excitement under Moyes and before that Real Madrid when Ronaldo came up for the first time under Alex Ferguson in 2013 so yeah an exciting day for United alright slight jump in the story but we're walking across the bridge from the exchange key from the tram and Old Trafford's just coming to view as have uh, some steaming burgers not many steaming United fans yet, but give it a couple of hours and we'll, we'll meet in a toll gate. Will, um, confident? I'm, yeah, I'm quite confident. Um, I know I'm not going to be confident when it gets to about seven o'clock, but uh, I think my early prediction was 3 2 United, which is good for tonight, but obviously kind of conceding two away goals, not ideal. Anyway, we'll see. But I'm feeling weirdly confident. It's the biggest. Um, I was saying back in North London, it's the biggest European match at home, at least. Because Juventus was fun, but it wasn't. It wasn't big. I'd say. Is it big? Is it the biggest since Real Madrid in 2013? I'd say cup finals aside, this is probably United's biggest game since the Madrid game in 2013. Because. Well, definitely since Ferguson's retirement. Because in the league, it's been a bit nothing -y. Obviously, FA Cup final was a big game last season. Uh, Crystal Palace and the League Cup final and Europa League final, whatever. But I think this is so important to set the tone for the rest of the season and possibly next season. So, yeah, I don't know why I've got this almost homicidal sense of calm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I th I'm sure that'll go very soon. It's um, this, it, if anything sums me up it's the fact that me being so calm is making me nervous <laughs> so we'll see what happens just to set the scene we're walking past the the X site is that the is that the right turn the X site of yeah. Sam Platt R.I.P. yeah Platt. do rest in peace uh, and the oh, the smells of the sausages are g genuinely quite unreal um, yeah on the way to meet someone quickly at a hotel football what's the time about 4.30 and then off to the toll gate before the game, which I'm sure you'll hear plenty of clips from. The 
Chris Shefans has come out of the tram station. from the entrance to Stratford End. Big atmosphere here for obvious reasons. Um, proper proper anticipation about about this game. Um, yeah, just feels like proper United again. And that is a, a beautiful feeling. And obviously this song is going on again and again, on repeat, and on repeat over and over again, because it is a proper, proper good song. Up Busby Way, the old Warwick Roads, with the we're on the march with Ole's army and the Red Army. And of course, this song is going again, as it always does. East Stand of Old Trafford Comedy to view. As I said, in all all the little bits before, the sense of anticipation is just something else that we haven't felt United for quite a while, for whatever reason. But yeah, cannot wait. through the Munich Tunnel, past the PSG away fans, I've got no idea if you can hear me or not, and yeah, you guessed it, this song again, walking past the entrance for media, directors, hospitality, and the Munich tributes, Ole's at the wheel, everyone's loving it, for obvious reasons.
matter how many times I use that membership card, I always shit myself that I haven't actually got a ticket. But I'm through. Unsurprisingly, given I do have a ticket. There's something about these kind of old-fashioned scaffoldy steps at Old Trafford that I just love. We're 15 minutes in. It's absolutely fucking rocking in here. And United are on the attack. Buffon's saying it. But it's fucking rocking, except every time PSG get the ball and everyone simultaneously shakes himself. Paul Pogba just injured a man by going around it. <laughs> Walking down the stairs, back down Old Trafford and um, going. Yeah. And I mean, you can say the same here, but uh, torn apart by PSG once and then Paul Markey for the corner for the first goal. It looked like, from our view, of absolute dearth of movement in United's team. Uh, unfortunately, to lose Lingard and Martial. A proper European ref dished out what I think was, if I counted correctly, five or six bookings in the first 25, 30 minutes. And I said after 10 minutes, I turned to my brother and said, someone's getting sent off here. And unfortunately, it had to be Manchester United's best player, Paul Pogba. So it's not looking positive going into the second leg in at the Parc de Prince. But there we go, it had to end somewhere and this was a, a test too far but hopefully we can put in a performance that's reasonably decent at the Parc de France in Paris and 
in the meantime, get through in the FA Cup, beat Liverpool, and get back into the positive mood that we were in before. But yeah, a, a gutting result and performance. We're walking away from Old Trafford, and probably the only sound you can hear is there's an absolutely massive B&Q van, bright orange, like the size of a one of those huge cruise ships trying to do a U-turn in front of Old Trafford after a Champions League game and he's come an interesting route but um, there's a man trying to sell United's PSG half and half scarves in a bright yellow high-vis jacket and I don't think he's going to do great business with these United fans. <laughs> um, it's hard to know what to say, really. One way to the tram. Uh, I tell you what, the one positive is we said it on the podcast coming into this game is that the emotion is back with Manchester United and it's I haven't been this hurt about a result for a long time but there we go Will any post-match thoughts if you can bring yourself to speak I don't know they're a better team than us that much is clear uh, I think the two injuries just, I thought we did alright first half second half was absolute dross two injuries hurt and I know people say well they lost Neymar and Cavani but it's one thing losing two players that are important to your system three days before a game because you develop another system to deal with it it's another thing losing two of them before half time and as soon as those two went off Matter had another poor game I, li- I've, I don't know I've, I was going to say I ran enough about Sanchez last time, but Harry cut it all out of the podcast, but he's fucking bollocks again. I've seen, honestly, slugs with better ability with their limbs than fucking Alexis Sanchez. And we sat back too far, allowed them to come forward, and then obviously they're going to punish us because they're a better side. So, I don't know what more we could have done, really, given that we had a game plan it was working alright we could could have been better in the first half but it wasn't disastrous and there's something to build on also on a special reserve a special word for the referee who was a what kind of every I mean what did he expect if he gave his first yellow card before the game had kicked off didn't expect someone was going to get sent off unbelievable but I don't think it was entirely the referee's fault I think they were just better than us I just think when we don't have our front three pressing their defence we're just not good enough and I just, we just need better attackers, basically, is the problem. But it's game over now. Without Pogba in the second leg, there's no way. That's, that's game over. So, yeah, gave it a go, but, you know, on to the next one. Win the FA Cup now, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, the ref was shy, but he's not to blame. We got torn apart. He's to blame for being shy. He's yeah. Blame for we got torn apart once. Poor Marky from a corner for the first one. Yeah, although I've just read and, to say that 
there's a lot of people very confused as to why VAR wasn't consulted because apparently Kimpembe threw Rashford to the floor to get free. So we'll have to look at that. I don't, I don't know well, if it's true. I've not seen it, but I've just read a thing. First game using VAR in Champions League history. I, it's also the first game. I have no idea. Had VAR in Champions League history to not use VAR in Champions League history. Well, I have no idea if they use VAR because, as much as I support its introduction in some way. Yeah, it's I, hard to tell from I have absolutely no idea whether they used it or not because no, no one told us. I've read two things on the BBC that said Kim Pembe was a lucky to be on the pitch. Still, I don't know. I didn't see any reason he should have been sent off. So it must be something that we missed. And B that the goal shouldn't really have stood because he threw someone to the floor. But we'll have to watch it again because I don't, I don't, I've not seen it. I have no particular desire to watch it again. Um, I think I'll be steering clear of this as I managed to steer clear of the Juventus home game highlights and managed to watch the Juventus away game highlights on many, many occasions. It's a weird one because... You've got to go to Paris, three. I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comparing Pogba... I'm not saying Pogba is as good as Roy Keane, but if anyone was going to be our Roy Keane Turin figure, it would be Paul Pogba. The only thing I was confused about in terms of the tactics was that I felt Martial was massively underused in the first half and he got injured and that's fine, it's no one's fault but, but then as soon as he went off and Mata came on suddenly we started looking for that ball down that side and I just thought well, yeah. Mata's the one Mata's got like no pace in him how's he going to play him on that side surely play Martial in while he's on the pitch and then when Mata comes when he plays short and try and create something yeah I didn't know. it was very repetitive uh yeah, very repetitive, those balls over the top or down the sides of Rashford. Uh, and then when the crosses did come in, they were, we, we were inventive on one or two occasions and it made a little bit of something, but <laughs> not much. I don't know, um, I think we, we still resort, I think it's a Mourinho hangover, we still resort to the long ball too early. And like that's fine if you're going to bring Fellaini on, but we're not bringing Fellaini on. Fergie always said, "Don't panic. You'll create a chance, and this team's good enough to create yeah. a chance." Don't panic so until after 60 10 minutes, minutes. Matic is pinging balls over to the right and left-hand side. I just don't. I don't know what the point is of that. You got half an hour left. It's a two-legged tie. If you get him one goal, it gives you a better chance than the next leg. Yeah. So I just think a little bit of just cooler heads were needed. I think everyone panicked a little bit. We're in danger of being run over here, but we should be alright. Um, well, there's been some fucking good days this season. Turin away. Well, I mean, you can't do Turin at home because, well, for, for obvious reasons. Um, Juventus away in Turin. Arsenal away the other week. Spurs away. Uh, well, it's on the Mourinho off Solskjaer. There's been some good days. There's been some really bad ones. Brighton, West Ham. This is bad. I wouldn't call it really bad. It's not really bad. It's nowhere near down those Mourinho defeats like Brighton West Ham. Yeah. It's nowhere near as bad as that Juventus one. But I just don't think we gave, I don't think we really showed how good we were. Yeah. And the thing I was I was saying when you can hear me is the extent to which I'm absolutely gutted by that shows that we have got we got our United back in terms of yeah agreed it's just a, it's just a I real, care about it it's just a real shame because I thought I don't think they were that good I thought they had about 15 minutes but they were great and I, I do think they deserve to win but I just don't think they were I didn't look at that side like I looked at Real Madrid or Barcelona or someone and think oh my god they're going to go and sweep everyone in front of us I thought they were there for the taking a little bit in the first half and I just think we didn't really give our best so yeah 
for PSG, I mean, it shows that they've... I think for them, that game probably shows they've developed a bit. When we had Jonathan Johnson on the previous episode, he was saying that the big thing that Thomas Tuchel's changed is the fact that they now play as a team. And to be honest, I think they, they look much more like a team than we did. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we had a game plan, but at the times it looked like people were just trying whatever they thought they completely shut, might work. They completely shut Pogba out of the game, and we just didn't know how to recover from that, to be honest. Yeah, and not only did they shut him out, they pissed him off. Yeah, although I want to see that again, because I remember seeing the first, Pogba's first yellow. I was very doubtful it was a yellow. And to be honest, a lot, even including their yellow cards, it was not... There was absolutely no call to get bookings out that early. Um, yeah. So I don't know about six that. yellow cards in 30 minutes. I don't know about that red card. I think that's inevitable. The messages I've seen in the... Yeah, the messages I've seen in the one thing so far, uh, I've said the second one was a yellow. I don't know about the first. But we'll see. Um, but yeah. Just... Disappointed. We're about to get on the tram, so we'll we'll leave it at that to try and squeeze onto this tram going to Media City, which is going to be rough. There we go. One more thing to add is about the the fans tonight. There were some good fan-led initiatives, and the atmosphere why was was excellent in the first half at least. The problem is, and I got a number of messages from people saying. We can't hear United fans, we can just hear the PSG fans. The problem is that while United as a club have in, improved a little bit how they're looking at fans and, and are helping or trying to help, we're still shooting ourselves in the foot massively. For example, PSG fans are allowed to bring in a huge drum which drowns out anything United fans do because we can't bring in some flags, let alone a drum. Not that we want to bring in a drum, but them constantly banging that two or three fans you've got the J stand the United Road section singing very loudly the Stretford and Upper Tier was very loud where I was um, in the in the west stand of Old Trafford in the Stretford end and yet no one's going to hear that on TV the players probably can't hear it because they've got three massive drums in the PSG section drowning it out PSG fans can bring in 60 flares but we can't bring in a bottle cap the away fans sit in the L stand at Old Trafford the loudest section because of the way the roof works it echoes the noise or exaggerates the noise even and that's to do with the atmosphere but even even worse is uh, I've seen this morning the treatment of the disabled fans at Old Trafford this has been a common issue this season and, and many seasons the disabled fans sit in front of the away support at Old Trafford which is quite obviously a, a terrible idea they get shit thrown at them constantly bottles, food, shoes uh, missiles not necessarily directed at them in a malicious way although it possibly was with the PSG fans on, on Tuesday night but that is what happens United put up a netting this time to try and stop that and the only result was that the fans the PSG fans climbed the netting and that terrified some of the disabled fans rightly so when a massive pole came down from the netting structure fortunately it didn't hurt anyone but it needs to be sorted there's two solutions one is to move the away fans because United fans when they have been in that section in L stand have been perfect for the disabled support because obviously nothing gets thrown down or you move the disabled fans a much more difficult job for various reasons um, it needs changing though because there's no reason why the disabled support should be subjected to such uh, terrible conditions 
in European games and in and in some other games. Um, now, thank you for listening to this shorter, slightly different episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. As I said, we'll be back with something more substantial soon. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, have a great week. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.